being a pastor for years, and I know from just being a human being that lives and works with people that um, everybody's broken, right? At some, at some level, everybody's hurting. Everybody needs healing. Um, even today, as you leave here and you go to lunch, or maybe tomorrow as you go to work, as you look around, there's a lot of people who look like they have it all together. And when you look at them, you think, wow, they have it together. How could they have it so together when I don't? How can this be possible? Like, I didn't expect to be jobless going into Christmas. I didn't expect to be single at this stage of my life. I didn't expect to still be fighting this addiction year after year. How can this be possible? Um, About three years ago, in many different ways, my life started to kind of fall apart. The reality is my life had been falling apart for a long time. It was just now coming into public view uh, that my life was starting to unravel. And so many things that I thought about what I believed and what my life would look like just kind of disintegrated around me. It was a pretty difficult time. Uh, Within a pretty short span, I resigned from a church that I dearly loved but did not have the emotional capacity to lead anymore. Um, Very few people in my life knew it, but I had been separated for some time uh, when I resigned. About a month after I resigned, my wife filed for divorce. Um, After I resigned from Crosspoint, I lost the vast majority uh, of my friends. And I slowly kind of slipped into depression. I felt like I had let an entire city down. Uh, I felt like my life as I knew it was completely over. Uh, What I had done since I was 18 years old, which was pastor... Uh, I didn't think would ever probably be possible again. Uh, My family, uh, a marriage of 18 years, was over. Uh, I was embarrassed. Um, I had so much shame. Um, Probably the first six months, I was in pretty deep depression. uh, Seasons of wanting to take my own life. Um, For the first time in my life, I felt like I had no value. At all to anybody. I had nothing to offer anybody. And probably if it hadn't been for my three boys, I would have taken my life. I felt like it would be easier if I didn't exist on everybody. Um, when you spend your whole life drawing your worth and your value from people's approval, and suddenly overnight you don't have that approval, um, it's going to mess your life up. Um, For six months, I I, I wouldn't go to the grocery store. Um, I'd go at one in the morning uh, with a hoodie on and sneak in and sneak out and just pray to God I wouldn't run into any of you guys. Um, That was my life. And I started to begin to put some pieces back together, and one of the things that I, I, I kind of knew this process before because I'd seen it in other people, but it was hard to identify when you're in the middle of that process. Um, there's this idea that uh, there's order, and then there's disorder, and then there's reorder, right? And so the, the, the order part of our life, for the most part, happens when um, 
when we think we have control of our life, now I think that almost all control is just an illusion. It's a very addictive illusion, this idea of control, but you think you have control. In other words, life is kind of going the way you want it to go. That's order. Then there will be a season of disorder, right, that we all go through. This is the crisis. This is when you get fired. This is when um, your partner leaves you. This is when uh, you find out that you have cancer, right? There's this, all of a sudden, there's this disorder where life gets disrupted, And on the other side of that disorder is something amazing that we'll call reorder, where you begin to construct some things, right? You know love in a much deeper way. You experience transformation. But that beauty of reorder, of transformation, can only happen when you go through the disorder. You have to go through the disorder. And the disorder, if we can just be honest, sucks. It's terrible. Like, it's the very difficult seasons of life. For me, I had to get to a place where in the midst of my disorder, in the midst of my shattered dream, in the, in the midst of my unmet expectations, in the midst of my moment that was very similar to Mary's moment where I'm saying, how can this be happening? I had to get to the place where I started to understand that maybe God wasn't doing something to me, but maybe God was going to use this disorder to do something through me. See, when you're in disorder... When you're in the midst of everything falling apart, when you're in the middle of your how can this be moment, you're in what a lot of mystics would refer to as that dark night of the soul, right? And that dark night of the soul, at least as described by John of the Cross, is actually a very tender, merciful art form of love. It somehow like mysteriously dislodges you from those stuck moments, right? And sometimes it's disarmingly joyful and sometimes it's disarmingly painful. But if you learn to lean into it, if you learn to lean into its rhythm and dance with it, on the other side, there is reorder. On the other side, there is a healing. There is a transformation. There is a deeper understanding of what love is. So here, like, into this Christmas season, you have Mary. Is this what she's expecting? No. Is this her plan? No. Is she thrust from order to disorder? Yes. And is God about to use her in unmistakable ways? Absolutely. Now, look at how Mary responds, because in her response, there's a huge lesson to all of us. I think this is verse 38. It says, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. That's why this holy child will be known, not just as your son, but also as the son of God. It sounds impossible, but listen. You know, your relative Elizabeth has been unable to bear children and is now far too old to be a mother. Yet she has become pregnant as God willed it. Yes, in three months she will have a son. So the impossible is possible with God. I'll read that one more time. So the impossible is possible with God. Mary said, here it is, I want you to listen to her response. Mary said, here I am, the Lord's humble servant, as you have said, let it be. Let it be. What a beautiful statement, huh? Somebody should write a song around that. (laughs) Let it be. Let it be. I mean, this is a beautiful declaration, right? From the depth of her heart, she's saying, wow, this is not how I thought life was going to go. This is not what I dreamed of. God, you're not like 
showing up in the way I thought that you were going to show up. But let it be. Let it be because somehow I just believe that God is going to show up in the midst of the unexpected. And it's really interesting to look at this response and to think about how we respond to these unexpected moments in our own life because forces beyond your control can take away everything that you possess except for one thing. And that one thing is how you choose to respond to the situation. Uh, you, can, you cannot always control things that happen in your life, but you can control how you respond to the things that happen in your life. And unfortunately, a very natural instinct for the vast majority of us, when we go from order to disorder, like when you get in that moment where everything's falling apart, when you get in that moment where you feel that pain, the normal response to pain for most of us is to try to fix it, to try to control the pain, to try to numb the pain, maybe even foolishly to try to understand the pain. See, the ego always wants understanding, right? But for Mary, what she's saying is, God, even though you're not acting in the way I thought that you were going to act, and even though life isn't turning out in the way I thought life was going to turn out, and even though this is not the way I want it to be, and I certainly don't understand it, she says, let it be. I'm not going to try to fix this. I'm not going to try to control this. I'm not going to try to manipulate this. There is a God, and it's not me. So let it be. God's calling Mary into the unknown, or maybe he's calling you into the unknown. Maybe he's calling this church into the midst of the unknown. And yet it seems as if when we're moving into the unknown, we're exactly where God wants us to be. And whatever unknown that you might be moving into, I think the goal, certainly for me in my own life, and maybe the goal for you in your life is somehow to make friends with it, to somehow to accept it, to embrace it, to understand that change is not only a part of life, but it's also a part somehow of God's strategy. And what God is looking for from me and maybe possibly from you in the midst of your unknown is not a plastic smile not some religious cliche to the very difficult questions that some of you face, but maybe what he's looking for from me and from you is just simply surrender. Just simply a very humble state of saying, God, I cannot explain this, and I don't know how or why all of this has happened, but somehow, God, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to let it be, and I'm going to trust that somehow you're going to show up in the unexpected. Will you guys pray with me? Right now, I want to pray for the individual, the couple, the family that maybe is going into some kind of unexpected situation. I want to pray for those of you who find yourself right now in a situation kind of similar to Mary, where you're like, just how can this be possible? I didn't think I'd be going through this. I didn't think I would have to face this. I didn't think I'd have to endure this. I thought that I would be through this or over this or beyond this, and yet still I'm here. For those of you who are kind of limping into Christmas with some heartbreak or some questions, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us that God, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our crisis, would meet us with the peace 
a peace that can only come from us simply doing one thing, and that's surrendering. Because it's when we stop trying to explain it, it's when we stop trying to understand it, it's when we stop trying to manipulate or control it, it's in that moment when we surrender, when we simply state, let it be. It's in that moment that we find that peace that's been eluding us all along. God, help us in our dark nights of the soul. Help us when we have questions. Help us when we can't see you or feel you. Help us when we're full of shame and guilt. Help us even in those moments to feel your love, to see your light, and to move closer to you. God, it's in your holy and your precious name that I pray. Amen. We thank Pete for that message. That was... Again, one of the things I love about this community is it's a place where we can be open and help be part of the journey. And I just thank you for being here. It really means a lot to us. We want to extend a welcome to our online community as well uh, who watches with us. You are just as important as those who are here with us physically. Our desire is to share the news and make it known that each of you are inherently beloved. We're here to be a family, as Nathaniel said earlier. Um, this community is growing every week. We are so grateful for that. Each of you are Grace Point. Uh, we all have our part to do, whether it's volunteering, serving, financial giving, or otherwise. And one of our goals is to be a family that becomes so important to this community that they can't live without us, that we're serving this community so well that, God forbid, if we disappeared, they'd wake up one day and go, where did Grace Point go? And one of the ways to do that is to help us financially. Our commitment to Grace Point defines this community, and we rely on your gifts. There's many ways that you can give. Uh, we'll be passing um, some offering bags here momentarily. You can give online. Uh, there's an app called PushPay. If you text, I, it may be up there in a, in a moment here. Uh, there's a square uh, over there by the offering box, and then there's also the offering boxes on your way out. If you're a first-time guest here, you are our guest. We have no expectation of you giving. But what you can give to us is some information. Not because we want to harass you or send you a bunch of emails, but we want to get to know you. We want to connect with you. Uh, next year, uh, at the first of the year, we're going to start our connect groups uh, in a very big way. And we really want to get to know where each of you are so we can get people together geographically and really start connecting as this community grows. Uh, 